Why were the other two women killed? Most of the records were lost in the war. Skynet knew almost nothing about Connor's mother. Her full name, where she lived, they just knew the city. That Terminator was just being systematic. Uh-huh. Well, let's go back to one other Look, thing. Look, you have heard enough. I have answered your questions. Now I have to see Sarah Connor. I'm afraid that's not up to me. Talking to you. Who is an authority here? Shut up! You still don't get it, do you? He'll find her. That's what he does. That's all he does. You can't stop him. He'll wait for you, reach down her throat, and pull her fucking heart out. Episode 120 of the Cult of Matt Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. Make sure to like us on Facebook or head over to our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Any show news? Any show news this week, Mr. Hudson? Any show news this week? This week. This very week that we're speaking um, at the moment. Jesus Christ. Uh, no, no show news this week. This third week in May of our Lord, 2014. Well, okay. Uh, I just but you want- know what? I, I just I was down at the Sounders game today, and yes. there was a bunch of like uh, Christians down there with like voice amplifiers running up down front of the stadium asking everybody to repent, which I thought was interesting. I've never seen That's them crazy. before. That's crazy. Really, voice really amplifiers. It was That's that and cold, some guys like- handing out uh, flyers for strip clubs. Which I, th- oh, I, thought I found the dichotomy well, pretty exciting. You got to balance it out, man. You got to have like crazy, austere, techno Christian fetishists with, uh, you know, your smut peddlers. Just mix them all in. I've always found, and not that I'm like anti religious or anything, but religion always works better when you have something to repent for. Uh, so when you're uh, talking to an entire stadium full of uh, non religious white people. Going to the Sounders game is probably not uh, probably not going to stick. Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I'm just saying that it's good to have a little strip club action in your life. You know, oh, and then yeah. You, oh then yeah, you, yeah. Then you really have something to ask God's forgiveness for. Well, that's why that's why I just go ahead and assume all Southern Republicans are are gay because uh, it makes the whole thing easier to swallow. Uh, <clears throat> and, you know, the the, the, the real crazy. Uh, firebrand anti-gay agenda nut jobs down there in the south i just say i'm closet queer and, and then i'm done with them and i move on because uh they usually are and they usually you know i say oh look at that old big queen down there <laughs> railing against the homosexual agenda you know with this fucking like 200 dollar bouffant hairdo and you know uh makeup uh television make i just have all those guys so gay Fucking Lindsey Graham is the biggest queermo I've ever seen on the planet. I mean, all those Southern Republicans are all fucking queermos in my book. Oh, pardon my friend. <coughs> anyway. I don't. I don't know what you're talking about Republicans for, but uh, it is strange that sometimes uh, the most sort of outspoken religious people they just they can't they got sex on the mind like no. Oh my business. god! Yeah, like, I, mean, uh, I think there's more things about equality and and uh, poor and the, the underprivileged and the sick that up. are more important issues. Hey, shut up for a Christian. Shut up. That. Shut up man. But I think most the, the Christians, gay, you know, uh, probably the gay army <laughs> is upon us. They will turn you gay, my friend. Uh, okay, will, I mean, uh, simplify a lot of things on the sex front. I'll tell you that. If you're not totally. At your utmost vigilance, they could give you a reach around just just like that. You wouldn't even know it. Yeah, well, yeah I always wondered if, if somebody gave you the choice, where you could go back. I mean, not go back, but if it was if you were able just to switch your sexual orientation at a whim, like you could go take a pill or something, or there was a simple uh, day procedure you could do at your doctor's office where you would desire the same sex or desire the opposite sex. You I mean it would change your? I think it'd be. I think it'd be. I think it'd be nice to just swap over to gay. I think that'd really simplify a lot of stuff. It worked. It, now it you wouldn't great. want to be in a relationship at the time because that would oh, be pretty complicated. No. But if you were, you know, if you were, uh, I think especially like in your early twenties, I think it'd be fucking awesome to be. Gay. I think. It, I think uh, facing a twenty-year prison sentence, I might opt for that. I might. I might go in. Oh, I'm not talking about that, man. I'm just talking about. Oh, I think I, right. it would have been fun. 
I think in your <laughs> early 20s to be gay, I think that really would be a blast. <laughs> Don't you think so? I mean, you would yeah, just skip be high school. so much ass and just blow your mind. <laughs> oh, you mean bisexual? Or no, just well, no, no, I'm saying you would be able to switch, right? Oh. You wouldn't like, I was, it wouldn't be tough. All of a sudden you would desire men like you desire women. I think that'd be a blast. Yeah, I think gay men found me as unattractive in my early 20s, more unattractive than women did in my early 20s. Yeah, so I don't think that'd be working I don't out for know, me man. Gays, guys have such a higher sex drive. Yeah. Anyways, well, that's, that's a fun thought for the week. Very, f- very sensitive ground and, affection- and and offending our two or three gay listeners out there. Really? You think that's offensive? I just thought no, I, thought, no. I thought it would have been really no. cool. That's all. Uh, I don't know. I Just don't an know. aside, uh, I'm not sure how we got to that topic. I don't know. I think it was yeah, looking well, at all the beefcake in th- this week's movie. Mm. That Michael Bean. God damn. He had a fine I d- ass. I did want to uh, just comment. Mark uh, posted a couple of comments to my uh, Facebook page that I think are I did? note. Yeah, and they're hilarious. And so uh, this isn't on the Cult of Mad Mark. This is our own personal uh, Facebook pages. But I put up uh, Giger's, uh, uh, I guess, obituary. Oh, I did post something about that, yeah. And I go, the world has lost one of its primary sources of nightmare fuel. R.I.P. Giger, and may your phallic demons continue to haunt our dreams. Yeah, I like that term, phallic demon. And and then Mark's comment, I can't say the Follic Demons ever exactly haunted my dreams, R.I.P. <laughs> so speaking of f- flipping the gay switch there. Oh, uh, well, that's always, that's always, that's an endless well, the gay well for jokes. <laughs> and, then my, and then my other favorite one is uh, I posted a picture of my daughter and uh, my little wiener dog out on the deck. And uh, uh, my daughter is sort of, she's not smiling in this picture, which... I thought it's unique because she never smiles. I think that's why you posted that picture because your wife said the really nice smiling picture. They're nice photos. I'll be honest with you. They're pretty good kids' photos. It's the lens. Rose has a kick-ass lens. Yeah. They were nice photos. And uh, I say a day out on the deck. And then Mark, a couple of pensive looks. The smell of spring reminds me of the inevitable failure of summer. (laughs) Well, both of your (laughs) – you you made that diptych of your dog's expression and your – daughters and they yeah. both had the same that's why you yeah you're right it, right yeah they both had these sort calling. of pensive thoughtful looks I on know. their faces <laughs> I well i think Artie was uh having some digestive issues and i think uh, miriam was just uh in between scream and laughter i don't know exactly <laughs> what but you yeah. always wonder what the crazy well i'm glad you appreciated that comment uh <laughs> so mark that's why i appreciate it uh but i i just thought uh i thought it was an interesting uh I, you know, you always wonder what it must be like to be like a nine-month-old where the world's just about nothing but passion. You're either oh in the depths God. of despair or you're in the heights of happiness. Fuck, man. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's a little torturous because you have absolutely no control over jack and shit. I think in and addition so- to not being able to control your body, you don't have control over your emotions either. So ah, that's rough. just those, the passion swing through you like... Just, well, and you can't even over. communicate. So when somebody puts you in an uncomfortable position, say in a high chair in a restaurant, mm-hmm. and it just isn't feeling right, you can't go, hey, you know, there's this strap kind of on my thigh pulling a little tight. Can you loosen that a little mm-hmm. bit? You just go, ah, fuck it. <laughs> well, you said raising a baby is like uh, raising a drunk friend or something. What was your comment? Yeah, something like that. A drunk, it's something about a drunk friend. But it's sort of yeah. like... Dr- a crazy drunk friend, an insane <laughs> right. drunk friend. That's right. Yeah, somebody that uh, you know, after a few nights out with, you'd be like, you know, I think uh, I think there's something. I think this is going to come to a head one of these times, mm. and I don't know if I really want to be around for it. Well, we all know uh, raising kids is the hardest thing in the world. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's not the hardest thing in the world. It's the most constantly laborious <laughs> thing in the world. It's not the hardest thing in the world. I'll tell you that right there, so. All right, let's get into it this week. Uh, our movie is the classic uh, 1984, The Terminator. It's The Terminator, not Terminator. Uh, by James Cameron, starring uh, none other than Arnold Schwarzenegger. Quick plot rundown real quick. The movie begins in a post-apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic 2029 when Los Angeles has been largely reduced to rubble and is under the thumb of an all-powerful ruling machine. Kyle Reese, played by Michael Bain, a member of the human resistance movement, is teleported back to 1984. His purpose? To rescue Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton, the mother of the man who will lead the 21st century rebels against the tyrannical machines from being assassinated before she can give birth. 
likewise, thrust back in it to 1984 is The Terminator, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, a grim, well-armed, virtually indestructible cyborg who has been programmed to eliminate Sarah Connor. After killing two Sarah Connors who turn out to be the wrong women, he finally aims his gun sights at the genuine article. Uh, there you go. So, a little long-winded, I realize, but that's Yeah, it. you know, it's, it's interesting to watch this movie again. I hadn't watched it for a long time. Me neither. And with some of the eighties movies that we've seen, like what do we what do we visit? Like the Predator recently? Uh the Return of the Living Dead. Yeah. I guess of this vein. This one a little bit shows its its eighties roots more so than other movies. It really bit. it really is it's got a real eighties thing going on. It's real strong. Eighties roots literally with Linda Hamilton's hair. <laughs> oh, how how about her roommate's hair? Oh my Ooh, god. Lord. You know, it's interesting, just a little side note. I I was kind of trying to – I didn't pay much attention to fashion or style in the 2000s or the 20-teens. But 80s, for some reason, women's hairstyle is unique in its volume and and size. I I think that's the only time in the past – Oh, man, the 60s were kind of the beehive business. But what, what the fucking hair of the 80s? I think that'll always, I think we'll never get back to that. I think we've drifted away from the big hair, women's big hair of the yeah, 80s. Yeah, that was weird. They just teased the shit out of their hair. And I mean, it works really well it. for women who have like sort of kinky hair. and it's nat- I mean, some women's hair naturally just flies out like that. I guess that would be nice if that was the style. But yeah. Boy, maybe it had something to do with the hair products that came on the market. Maybe there was a Aquanet. revolution in hair products. I remember uh, Aquanet, just just clouds of it in junior high, uh, which was like some shitty super glue type of uh, hairspray that uh, all these preteen teenage girls uh, would buy in the caseloads. And I just remember they would go to their locker, crack open the locker, and just fucking, like, entomb their hair in as much Aquanet as possible. Well, shit, I remember using, like, tons of, uh, like, mousse and hair gel on my own yeah, hair. me too. Until it was, like, sort of crusty. Oh, it was gross. And then if you're, like, a, a scuzzy little junior high kid, your pillow was just covered in that shit because oh, you were yeah. too lazy oh, to man, wipe it off. That, and, that like, the bacteria that causes acne. Just a soup, oh, oh, just a oh, thin, oh, a thin film on all, all your, oh and then a little bit of semen mixed in there. I hated eighth grade or seventh grade. <laughs> I don't know what what is. Do, I guess people still do you use hair products. I mean those like faux hawks and stuff that people. Yeah, are don't still you wearing. get asked, man? I always get asked. Is like oh, a little product in your hair? It's like fuck no. I use a little brill cream sometimes when I'm feeling a little frizzy. Oh wow! All just right. to, just to weigh it down a little bit because yeah. if, if if the humidity is just right and my hair is a little long. You can get a little yeah. frizzed out. Yeah. So uh, the bar Tech Noir, where the big showdown. It's a good name for a bar. That dark tech, I guess. That's what that means, right? That's probably my second favorite scene in the movie. Uh, well, it's like there's some slow-mo, which uh, mm. I don't know if action had been into the slow-mo as much. Uh, I don't know if that was a James Cameron thing. But you get some of the slow-mo in there. And the whole ruse is is that she thinks Michael Bean is is the killer. But actual Michael Bean is not the killer. It's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they're both dressed strangely the same, like in, like gray duster overcoats. You know, it's interesting. I, I thought about that a bit in this movie. Bum pants. That um, I was surprised that while the main character, well, uh, uh, Linda Hamilton's character is in the dark about who's the good guy, who's the bad guy. There's, all this, there's a lot of play about making Michael Bean look sort of sinister to her and have her worry about him. But the movie already tells the viewer that he's the good guy. Right. By, by his cool. action to not hurt people and just trying to get away, and the Terminator's action to kill two women and punch that guy through the, that one uh, punk guy through the abdomen, rip his heart out or something. It's weird that I thought it would have been interesting. I'm surprised Cameron didn't do that to leave the viewer a little in the dark about which who was good and who was bad. And I'm not sure how you would do that. But it seems like you could obfuscate that a little bit for the viewer, so we would have the same feelings of trepidation and relief that uh, Sarah Connor did. You, know, you, see, uh, you see that? I don't know how you I do was, that. I, was, I don't know how you do it, but it just seemed like that would have been the right thing to try for. Maybe it wasn't possible, but uh, I don't think I was it was surprised. possible. I think the uh, setup 
was such that you couldn't mask the intention of the Terminator there in the first couple of scenes, especially yeah, when fine. he runs just, into. Then, uh, then I'm then I guess why all the suspense about Linda's character about Sarah not knowing? It seems you could have just dispensed with yeah. that, you know. Right. I, don't I don't know. know. It just didn't it, didn't. it seemed a little weird to me. A weird choice. Uh, it was all right. I, I this, is, the, this is the first time I've really watched this film critically. So you know, as we're watching, I'm really paying attention to the plot and. You know what? What I think the filmmaker is going for, as far as tension and everything, and that, I thought that was that was strange. So let's get it out of the way. Uh, I don't know. Did you bother watching any of the uh, Outer Limits stuff I put on the? Uh... I, uh, I watched one of the two. They were fifty minutes long, and I only had time for one. Mm-hmm. I watched the uh, maybe. Hopefully, maybe we watched different ones. I watched maybe. the one about the glass hand, like the oh, demon I, with the glass hand. I tried watching it this morning because I got up early, took mm-hmm. the dogs out, and was going to go back to bed. But then I ended up falling, nodding off, and dozing through most of it i watched soldier oh good good because i didn't see a whole lot in the demon with the glass hand that it seemed like it influenced the terminator too much so if you go to uh the facebook our facebook page the cult of matt mark i posted an article there uh i guess from the james cameron viewpoint of uh the tenacious i guess that's that's uh, uh putting it mildly harlan ellison and um, his pursuit of hacks and uh, plagiarists in, in the Hollywood world. Ellison was uh, doing that? Yeah. So he uh, threatened a lawsuit against James Cameron, and it wasn't over the, Demon with a Glass Hand. Because that wasn't Ellison. That was, that was another famous sci-fi writer. Oh, I forget the credit. Who was credited with the story? Harlan so, Ellison wrote a couple of Outer Limits episodes, mm-hmm. and the one that... I guess was the uh, impetus for the threat was Soldier, and I forget what year it came out, but Soldier was a Outer Limits episode where um, a, a soldier 1,800 years in the future is somehow teleported back in time to 1964. And then there's a philologist, I guess is some kind of a linguist type of... Uh, I'd never heard the word before, uh, working for the FBI, um, sort of engages this future soldier and then takes him home, which is sort of hilarious because okay. it's sort of like uh, leave it to Beaver. You know? <laughs> like, who's this? Uh, who's this? So uh, the future soldier just shows up. Yeah, he just shows up. And it's weird because his language is uh, accelerated. And so they kind of do an interesting job of that so oh he, like it looks like it's it's english that's evolved or something yeah it's kind of cool uh like he's speaking and it's sort of gibberish english uh and sort of and he dissects it and anyway so it's more i don't know it's not a lot of action but the first i would say three minutes of soldier is a heavy parallel with the first three minutes of terminator and that's it Really, oh, there's there's more than just out. one soldier that comes back. I well, guess. eventually there's another soldier who's the enemy mm. of of the first soldier, uh, Quanto, and uh, they kind of annihilate each other at the end of the episode. So I guess it's sort of pseudo Terminator. You know, you got two two entities coming back from the future, two opposing that soldiers were at war. That were at war, come back and duel it out. And but that's what, and what exactly? Why do they? They just happen to come back to our time. I'm just wondering. I mean, there's yeah, a point. There's sense. the point to it in, in this movie. There's there's you know sort of the standard paradox sort of time thing with killing you know Adolf Hitler when he's a boy, right? Sort of business, right? I, no, I just don't know. A... Did you feel like it was a ripoff? No, I didn't. I, I watched like the like I said. I watched it and I go. The first scene was sort of. It reminded me a lot of the. 2029 Los Angeles, although like a 1960s version. So there's this sort of burnt out wasteland battlefield. Mm. And then there was kind of lasers shooting back and forth. Oh, they show it. Yeah. And then then, uh, these two soldiers approach each other and then like kind of Ghostbusters-ish, they cross laser streams or something. Oh, it causes some sort of destruction. Yeah, then they zap back into uh, the past unexplained. It's just just completely unexplained. And so then you get the soldier kind of on the streets of Los Angeles sort of 
freaking out, sort of like Michael Bay and freaking out. Well, Michael but Bay keeps it. his shit together pretty well. He he knows what he's getting into. He's been they've trained for this, manure. right? So, right. I mean, I guess so. Harlan Nelson was butthurt that he had some. So basically, the thing that looked the most similar was the future L.A. thing. First three minutes. I think that was his big beef. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, and I mean, I'll be honest with you. Now, Demon with a Glass Hand, I was wrong. It was also written by uh, Harlan Ellison. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't see a lot of parallels at, at, at all with this movie. I mean, so basically I the storyline the- was that uh, some guy gets sent to the to the modern day, you know, whenever the modern day was when this came from, out from, from the, the future. future. It's like a thousand years in the future. And he came back because some aliens invaded Earth and were going to kill everybody. And he had this yeah. weird mission with this like hand computer thing he had that was going to somehow save humanity a thousand years in the future. And so he's fighting these guys that actually were in pretty cool makeup. They sort of had this, uh, they just sort of, they had like these, uh, Swimming caps. There were guys all in like these black leotards with swimming caps on and sort of um, black uh, face paint around their eyes, sort of raccoon like. They're pretty. They're pretty cool looking. They're pretty ominous looking. And he just fought them and broke their time machine and ended up saving the future humanity. Though it cost him a certain amount of something because he was actually a cyborg. That's the well, big reveal. And I just like, yeah. all right. Yeah, so a guy comes in the past, but he actually is a cyborg for totally different plot reasons. Well, you know, I, I did make it through about 20 minutes of Demon with a Glass Hand before I Oh, so you didn't those. know the turn right at the end. And, and, and the turn only no, happens the right turn. at the end, and it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't make a shit of difference. He could have well have been a human, and the re- result would have been very similar. Well, doesn't I, I did read a little bit of it online. Doesn't he have to basically stay alive for the next thousand years, which precludes him being a machine at that point? I mean, isn't that the idea? Well, it's revealed that he's he's actually an android. The hand computer tells him at the end that his job is to wait around for like one thousand two hundred years until yeah. because they they have like a doomsday machine that they launched just after he left the future that kills the invaders but sterilizes the earth so and humanity like is turned into energy that he's carrying inside himself it's it's i mean so it's 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 a fun little story but uh i don't see how i don't see what it has to do with this this movie anyways and i don't see what do people get all worked up about these people reinterpreting ideas well if cameron saw this future la and he thought it'd be cool to have a war in the future la so fucking what and well, oh, like what, Harless Ellison invented the idea of time travel. Well, see, that was you know I watched. The I'm pretty sure there's a book called The Time Machine that might have something <laughs> to say about that. And I limped through like the first 20 minutes of Demon with a Glass Hand before I fell asleep. The only thing I got from Demon with a Glass Hand was the whole, and I did read the reveal online. And the only thing I got was uh, Cyborg back from the future. Yeah, as sort of a something a plot mechanism yeah, he's a he's a cyborg but he doesn't really give him any special powers except that so, he doesn't get killed one time he gets shot so you have james cameron who's a sci-fi nut loves sci-fi read reads it voraciously um you know watch probably every outer limits episode back to forward and he watches these two are harlan ellison you know outer limits familiar with harlan ellison mm-hmm and just kind of does a mashup of, I would say, if anything, barely, uh, barely. But it takes Terminator, a bit of a flavor, and yeah, and and personally, I watched Soldier, and and then I got the the gist of Demon with a Glass. And I was like, what he did with Terminator is perfectly legitimate, and he shouldn't have to face any sort of legal justification because it's 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 not even based on. Uh, any of those Harlan Ellison bits, it's, uh, I guess, derivative. And well, look derivative- at this. Look at this. If, if Even if the Outer Limits was about two warring human factions in the future, and they send back a single warrior from each of them to try to kill, like, the mother of uh, the father or something of one of the faction's leaders in the future, right? And they have a big battle. I, and... And he takes that idea and puts the whole idea about the machine business in there and makes a, a movie called The Terminator. I still don't fucking care. I know. I still I'm don't like, see yeah. what, what I I just the thing is, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about uh, Shepard Ferry about his hope poster business. 
Remember that? We were talking about how he, he was getting sued because the image he used for that Obama picture was basically oh, taken right. from a, yeah. a photo that the AP right. had taken. Yes, and I remember somehow that. the AP has any influence on. I, I, what happened to the ability to take inspiration from things and transform them into new pieces of art, and people not to get all fucking pissed out about it? Well, didn't 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 some lawsuits get? I guess didn't precedents get set with like the hip hop community and samples? I thought we'd kind of work all through that, and maybe maybe this no, no most people license that, samples. Almost all the big names license. And the small oh, guys, really? when they get big, they go back and license. There's a huge licensing oh, community for that stuff. I didn't know that. You know, I thought, just, I thought there just, was some sort of fair use thing with no, not, and No, samples. not really. Well, the thing with fair use is it, it's only something that could be cited in a court. So you okay. can feel free to have a fair use argument all you want, but have fun paying your lawyers for the court time. Oh, I see. I see. So well, you, what you do is everybody ends up licensing their samples. Oh, okay. Right. It's bullshit. This, all this copyright stuff is fucking bullshit. It's such bullshit. So I mean, I understand I, fucking copying somebody's work and and making money off of it, but there's no way Harlan, nobody, any reasonable person would call this some sort of copying off some Harlan Ellison short stories. So I watched a Netflix documentary on Harlan Ellison. I think it's called Dreams with Teeth or something like that. Sounds like, like a real that. asshole, if you ask me. He's kind of a cocksucker. Yeah, I, 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 you know, he—he's uh, sort of a kind of a militant defender of his own originality, yeah. which isn't really paying any sort of homage to the uh, legacies that came before him. And I mean, I like. Harlan Ellison stuff. I haven't read huge volumes. Uh, a few stories stand out, like uh, "I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream." I thought was was a pretty crazy, uh, thought provoking short story. He only wrote short stories. I think he wrote a novella called uh, "Boy and His Dog," which was made into a movie. Um, but there's, you know, it's just sort of a, it's kind of a prick, and he has the, he's really obsessed with getting paid for any of his thoughts and that's at least what that documentary sort of exhibited it was like Harlan Ellis is like they're like you must get paid for every sentence you type type of business and uh, you know as a writer myself getting a paltry amount of money for i don't know the obscene amount of time i've spent uh, trying to write a novel or two, uh, I just it's it's just kind of reeks of of ego and uh, you know sort of lack of humility that kind of grinds me a little bit with Harlan Ellison. I know he's done his time and he's you know faced the whole uh, rejection battlefield that all writers face and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. But now that he, I mean, he's still alive. But now that he got successful. Uh, he's still just, you know, th- there's no humility to him. It's just yeah. he's kind of a dick. And so, he's dick. Uh, and he's got some st- some lawyers, and they make money. It's just a business. So I, you know, I I, I bitch about James Cameron's. He's I no, would he's call no, it a lack he's no, of. He's no, he's no, he's no genius as far as ideas go. Well, yeah, I mean, his he he's very derivative. He's a technician. We, yeah, and I think we've all kind of sorted out James Cameron and maybe the aliens. Podcast and he's a derivative. He, he his stuff is heavily derivative, mm-hmm. but there's nothing fucking wrong with that. There's there was nothing wrong no. with Avatar. No, and uh, James Cameron said, "Hey, guess what? I'm gonna take all those Yes album covers that you knew and loved, and I'm gonna make a fucking movie set in those Yes album covers." And I was like, "Oh, fucking awesome!" I, I you know Roger Dean of of uh, the artist who did all those covers, I guess put a lawsuit against him, which, eh, you know, some of that stuff was pretty heavily borrowed. I don't know how far it went or if it's going to go anywhere. But, hey, man, nobody was going to put that uh, shit look, to Dean the Dean didn't go fucking make a CG movie about yeah, his exactly. album covers. I know. Fuck him. Because <laughs> he would show up at a producer's office like, hey, man, I got all these Yes album covers. Wouldn't it be cool if we, like, had a Pocahontas type of storyline running through all this shit? And they'd be like, get out of here, you fucking... Dope fiend. Yeah. I don't want to see any of your shit anymore. That's what I, that's what I don't understand. I mean, you, you fucking take some ideas, 
you reinterpret them, you fucking change them to a different media, and people still get their panties in a bunch. I know. Blows my yeah. mind. So I I was ready to uh, lay it on thick, uh, lay it on Cameron thick for this podcast. But after sorting through the details of the whole Harlan Ellison dispute, I'm kind of like, fuck Harlan Ellison. It was a good movie. And nobody, he wasn't going to fucking write a script and license it. So uh, go eat shit. That's kind of my opinion. You know, it's so. the same thing with patent law. I mean, you get all these companies just own these, like, patents on these fucking ideas. And, but they don't do fucking anything with their, their ideas. And a lot of times yeah. the ideas are stupid general ideas anyways. But even if they're not, a lot of these companies aren't out, like, making products and services based on these ideas. Right. And And yet they go out after companies that do make the product. It's like... There's such a huge gap between having the fucking idea and, like, executing that idea. Those are two different things. They both require their own genius. Cameron's an executor, and maybe Ellison's the idea guy. You know what I'm saying? But you need both yeah. of them to bring something to life. Right. Anyways, right. yeah. No, yeah. It sounds like I didn't see it on the one I saw, so uh, I think, uh, I think I, we're coming I to the saw, same conclusion. I saw some hints, and I definitely saw uh, there's no disputing that that James Cameron wasn't inspired by a soldier, but inspired is the word I would give it. I wouldn't give it anything else. And I definitely don't think it's worth a dime to Harlan Ellison. Uh, that's, that's for sure. Cause uh, soldier is by n- no means Terminator, even a faint shadow of Terminator, but it's just as exciting. It's 50 solid minutes of action. Uh, right? No, 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 not at all. Anyway, so I think we've that's sort of water under the bridge. I just wanted to cover it. It's so, if somebody had watched those, yeah, I, I didn't see it. So anyway, so uh, Terminator. So this we're living out Mark's fantasy here. Oh uh, yeah, Mark, you know, yeah. This is we've talked about this before, and we didn't, we didn't do times. Terminator Two, have we? No, we haven't done that one. I didn't like Terminator Two. I'll be honest. I, really, I thought I thought well, I, think it's, I think it's better than this one as far as what it, for what it is. Can I bring movies. in? Can I bring in a fundamental flaw that I don't think I could uh, forgive Terminator 2 mm, for? Go for it. So you have a scene in Terminator mm-hmm. uh, where it's, I guess, a flashback or flash forward, if you will, uh, where the Michael Bean Reese character mm-hmm. has these PTSD episodes mm. uh, in his sleep uh, where he's back to the future. Mm-hmm. so to speak, yeah, and in the battlefield. And one of them was, he's like getting off shift, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah, uh, yeah getting off patrol. the compound, yeah. Right, and he uh, is in this labyrinth of, uh, I guess, burned out hovels that people are living in. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just trying to chill out a little bit. He's exhausted. And then uh, a Terminator sneaks in. Mm-hmm. And just fucking goes nuts. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's a great scene. That's pretty and, cool. Uh, yeah, there's some. Awesome... And they don't even, they don't even resolve it. No, he well, just gets well, like knocked out and wakes up. Well, the thing though is that that Terminator, yeah, while a big beefcake, mm-hmm. is not the Arnold Schwarzenegger chassis. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is completely. I mean, he he's of the same obviously uh, build he's like a different uh, skin but he has a different face and and, yeah. I, and i read through the trivia and it's actually uh, i think a weightlifting buddy of mm. arnold schwarzenegger that was put in that scene so in terminator 2 you get a carbon copy of the fucking arnold schwarzenegger terminator coming back through yeah and i'm like why would you make an infiltration model that Looks the same. Like uh, you have five flavors of the infiltration model. Mm, sounds reasonable. You have the Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger mm-hmm. version, like the Lou Ferrigno mm-hmm. version. And you, and you and... got three other of their lifting buddies. <laughs> yeah, they're all the same build, so you can use the same under chassis, right? Well, it's like it's like making a car. You design the car, but then you you do different trims. So one's a Saturn, and one's a Mercury, and one's a Chevrolet. Well, right? my my thing is 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 humans are smart. I sh- I assume post-apocalyptic uh, futuristic soldiers are smart. Yeah. Wouldn't you have, like, watch out for these five people? <laughs> well, you <laughs> would, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, and oh, you're saying why Why wouldn't they make every one unique? Yes, there you go. Well, I mean, it might just be an engineering issue. I mean, no. they're, they're probably fighting a global war. 
and why you could probably just make a dozen models and uh just you know sprinkle them around i mean certainly i mean you're not you're not going to be sending the same model over and over again to the same compound right well couldn't you create like do some i mean it's a machine right it's a super intelligent yeah and it's growing, yeah intelligent could probably, mind you could probably couldn't mix you- a few a few things together in different amounts to have some variables you, that I can mix and match. Like sick a genetic algorithm and do some sort of fractal variation of, of the human face to give you something a little bit different every time. Uh, sure. As they, opposed- they, yeah, they could have done that. That was really the hole that got you worked up. Well, no, seriously. I really, it doesn't I, seem I, like that big of a hole to me. I get a little, I, I got a little bit, you know, I was like, ah, I'm not buying it. Why is it Arnold Schwarzenegger in Terminator 2? I understand it's the same actor. Etc. Well, so you obviously haven't seen Terminator Three: Rise of the yeah, Machines. Yeah, I have. No, I have. Because we figure out why, who they based again. The, yeah, again, we must send yeah. an old vintage uh, 1957 <laughs> Chevy uh, to go back and and defend against. Oh, well, they the show you who he was model. based on. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays like a, a a general in the army. Oh, who, uh, who the oh, computer whose face the Fuck. computer used? Yeah, there's actually he has like a southern accent. There's a short scene with him in it <laughs> when they're in the. It was actually on a video in the Skynet facility, like okay. playing All on right. a TV that we briefly see that's playing like a promo spot for one of their new weapon systems. Okay, so yeah, I know it's it's a small thing, but uh, yeah, it doesn't get, get it doesn't the, get to me. I mean, it seems reasonable that they'd make a few, they standardize a few models, and then stamp out a whole gob of each one. And sprinkle them all should around be smarter the world. than that. It can create like <laughs> a living flesh body around a machine. Man, do you know Why how much it? how much those steel stamping machines cost? <laughs> you got to make to make the to, to get the cost back. You got to like be able to have stamp out at least ten thousand parts before it fails. Really, it was in, it was injection. The Terminators were injection molded. They weren't. Well, they're uh, sort of like uh, like play doh. You know those play doh molds. Oh, I thought it was at least, at least, at least you'd have a five-axis CNC machine just cranking out Terminators. I wouldn't they, think you'd they, relegate it to. Well, you know the, the thing is, iPhones are made like their cases are made with CNC machines. Yet each one's exactly the same. Seems like Apple could make uh, each one unique, huh? Uh, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit. Why not? <laughs> Especially if you're trying to infiltrate uh, an enemy base, you'd want to make the iPhone slightly different. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you. That's, that's how you get in there. You sell them like cheap uh, consumer electronics. They'll eat it up. <laughs> that, they, they can pay with rats. <laughs> All right. So um, I, I want to cover, I guess, some of the big points of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all agree the premise is pretty rock solid. It was, it's fun. Uh, it's a little back to the future ish. You always wonder, okay, if it succeeds in killing Sarah Connor, will it matter in that timeline? And I think I am of the opinion that I'm just chalking up all travel into the past of time, complete fantasy. Oh oh my God. Are we delving into time travel paradoxes? I know. Oh I, my god, that's fine. Let's 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 go down that alleyway. It's a dangerous no, alleyway. No, I'm not go. going to. I'm I'm chalking it up to pure fantasy. Every time any movie or any thing goes back in time, fantasy. Let's call it fantasy. It's fine. I, it's it's yeah. not. It, it let's not play the is it possible game. Um, yes, this is science fiction, but I I, I give it a pass. I'm just like, eh, oh, it's well, fantasy. This movie's not about. Let's think about time travel and paradoxes. You know, as deep as it gets is with uh, Sarah Connor freaking out a little bit about talking about the future. She goes, I don't want to hear anything about that. Yeah, and right. That, that's, that's the deep thought this movie is. And then she fucks uh, Reese's brains out. Oh, yeah. Nice, Which actually uh, is pretty nice because some of the frizz has gone out of her hair while they've been running. <laughs> so she doesn't look quite as comical. I know. Her and she's got a nice set of tits. Down. She does. And Plus, uh, uh, Michael Bain's nothing, nothing bad to look at either. Guys, one rip dude. He's yeah. pretty ripped, dude. I guess he's a total prick. That's what I've heard. Is he? I've heard he's a nice yeah. guy. You know, he's been on the. Uh, um, he's a friend of. Uh, he's been on the uh, Adam Carolla podcast. Oh, it's because uh, Bald Brian that. Adams, like sound guy, is a big movie buff, and he's okay. a big fan of Bean. And he, he's he's really he's become a friend of Michael Bean. He's a big fan of Michael Bean. Well, he just he's really likes his... Michael Bean. You know, even though most of his movies have been crummy, though I guess he does a fair amount of stage work too. Oh, okay. So, uh, where were we? Oh, Time Paradox. I just assume uh, John Connor in the future would kind of Marty McFly it 
and just sort of like, my hand is fading. What is going on? They must have killed my mother. I, I assume that's that's. Uh, I, I don't. I think I don't think you should think about that for this movie. Because then you'd yeah, be thinking about they made the time machine, but they only send one Terminator back. It doesn't yeah. make any goddamn sense. No, they sent back multiple if you watch the. Well, later because they sequels. remake the time machine. It, They're like, it, that the, didn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and, like, why does it have to be flesh? And then how in Terminator Judgment Day do they send back the liquid metal guy? Like, it doesn't make, oh. any, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yes, I and know. And okay. you shouldn't answer the question. It, it's a great premise for. Uh, you know, a real conflict. It's mano a mano, trying to save a damsel in distress. Classic, classic movie. And then he just wraps it with the action movie tropes. This is just, it's just oh, yeah. a nice package. Oh yeah, no, he gives you what you want. He he yeah. serves up the action set pieces uh, beautifully. Like he, I mean, can one guy really take out an entire precinct. I don't know. Now that Let's precinct, that is one of the that's that's a great action bit right there. That's just an oh, option. Yeah. That just it makes so much sense. Yeah, well, it's just beautiful that basically the entire law enforcement community of the uh, that section of L.A. basin, yeah, is is worthless, and you it will not it will not shield you from the Terminator. Yeah, see, back in the eighties, they didn't have all their SWAT teams and the paramilitary stuff in the tank. If we could just see, that's why that's why they have it just in case they saw this move and they go, (laughs) you know, we need like an armored personnel carrier, maybe with something with a big fifty cal on top of it. We can so use have, it on black people every day, and then if we get a cyborg coming from the future, we can we can splatter him too. Or cyborgs, black people. I don't know. Is there a difference? Cyborg <laughs> black people. God forbid. O.J. Simpson, I guess, was up for the role. A cyborg O.J. Simpson. No, no. O.J. Simpson was up for the Terminator part, and uh, the producers thought he'd, he was too nice. No, yeah, the thing is, he, he likes knives. And the Terminator likes guns, so it doesn't make much sense. <laughs> You'd make more sense if he was like the Terminator, the second Terminator in the second movie. If you like the so, knives. So I was thinking, I thought something watching the whole, uh, you know, chase uh, from when when uh, Sarah and Reese uh, kind of get plunged in together and and, are, and they have some downtime. They they escape. Uh, the oh yeah, the movie slows down for quite a while. So I was thinking. And and please shoot holes in my idea. Mm. What if you just took a plane to Hawaii? What if and you just, just got, got out of there? Yeah, to Hawaii. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, why didn't they? Why Hawaii? Well, the Terminator would have to book a flight. <laughs> his face. <laughs> no, is no, half man. Torn the Terminator off. would just fucking go steal a jet and fly it there because he has. Oh. Remember, he's got all the catalog oh. of how all machines work. You see it every yeah. once in a while in the Terminator. Well, vision. I was thinking you would make it through the metal detector. <laughs> yeah, if he, yeah, if he's if he's flying commercial. Well, if, he, if he's flying commercial, and they're like, "This guy's full of metal," and then they wouldn't let him on, and then the pilots would freak out. And it's like, uh-huh. you know, this guy's a cyborg, and he's killed like half the people in the Terminator in the terminal. No way am I flying him to Hawaii now. And uh, I, that's that's all I could think of was that the bureaucracy of uh, I guess they didn't have the TSA back then mm-hmm. but if you did it now the TSA and the FAA would never get a Terminator to Hawaii well to he didn't have you. he didn't have proper identification on well, top all of that. that shit yeah well, I mean you know, he would have is, to yeah you would is, have to steal a jet and then he would fly there but who would fuel him up uh, who would give him permission to land um, wouldn't they just blow the plane out of the sky and he'd end up in the ocean and have to like walk the abyssal plane for 2,000 miles to you get to Hawaii you just do that I, I mean, how long do you think yeah, it'd take a, him? I don't know. It'd take him a fuckload of time, and then you'd know where he's coming out. Well, it doesn't matter. You could take five years if he wanted. Just a thought, the thought. The thing is, I don't think, I think Reese, that was Reese's general, because that makes the most sense, right? You got two choices. You can fight or you can run, and run is the best bet, and that's what Reese does. The truth is that he was, they had like one night out there in the hills outside of L.A. where they stopped at that one motel, and he was making right. some explosives out of mothballs i guess you can do that yeah you can do that man and um and he wasn't exp- he he thought they had more time right his i think his whole plan was to hide well uh, he he knew why better, wouldn't he obviously yeah his and whole it, thing was, was, it was uh, it was the woman obviously who caused all the problems right i mean yeah, am i right guys huh i don't know well yeah there you go <laughs> but yeah but she makes you know the, the amateur mistake and gives her her uh location away 
Yeah, that was a cool scene. I did like uh, the chatting up the mother in Big Bear and uh, then the slow pan through her destroyed cabin. Mm. And you're like, oh, it's the Terminator. Uh, that was kind of creepy. It was it was it was a nice shot, uh, a little unsettling seeing uh, the burnt up, half burnt up uh, Terminator talking like a grandmother or a mother. That was kind of cool. It was the same bit where Sarah gave away her location on by yeah. the telephone. It was it was a shame, and I think yeah. they would have just stayed on the run. That would make the most sense. I mean, it's one Terminator. Yeah, like I said, go to Hawaii. I mean, you well, know, you they'll figure go, that you out go anywhere. You just go anywhere on the world and just keep moving. I mean, the Terminators. Almost well, and he's get like it, shits rotten off of him. And he's yeah, like, right. I mean, how long can these guys really work? Right, right. That's a good and then, point. And then they're gonna have to send another one back through the but future. But they can't because like, they uh, they, they blew it. it up. They blowed it up. See, there's another part of Terminator Two and Terminator Three I had problems with. Is like if they blew it up, yeah. how do they get another one through? How do they know they didn't yeah. work? Yeah. Why is it a new model? Yeah, don't ask yourself that question. You're not going to okay. be happy with the answers you come All up right. with. Yeah, but look, I think that was Reese's plan. He was, he, they were bugging out one night, make some weapons just in case, and then keep moving. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he fucked, he fucked up. He, uh, I he guess, paid the price. yeah, he got a little lazy. Yeah, he got a little lazy, bedded the woman. That was just a mistake right there. Yeah, but then, then if he didn't bed the woman, then John Connor would have never been born and led the resistance, go. et cetera, and so mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. so... Plus, John Connor was sort of like prepping him to love his work because John Connor knew it's like my, that he was dude, a father. Wouldn't that be crazy? Like in the future, you you met your father, but you knew you were going to have like, to send him back to the past to impregnate dude, your mother. My mom is so hot. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Just wait, wait till you get up my mom's cooch. You're going to love it. <laughs> That's a tough conversation to have, but we <laughs> have right. to have it. That's right. Convincing your dad <laughs> yeah, come on. to sleep with your mother in order to create you when you're older than your dad. That's a delicate situation. Here's a photo of my mom. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't have her clothes yeah. off. Let's just say you go back there in the back of our hovel. You, you whatever you'd like. <laughs> That's right. Take care of business. I don't have a sister that looks like her, unfortunately, so we got no surrogates. You're just going to have to make do, I'm afraid. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. uh, okay, so is there anything else uh, that no, we what, need to cut? Where are we at time-wise? Oh, God, we were the yakking. All right. Uh, well, no, I wanted to point out – okay, oh, I did want to point out one technicality. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a pulse rifle in the 40-watt range. Yeah, it doesn't I was, sound very I was, high. I was doing the math of work. And uh, I'm not going to say exactly uh, my exposure to such technologies, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I ain't going to cut it. I'm just to vaporize an entire human being like that one uh, female soldier. She just gets totally blasted into nothingness there by the uh, tank hunter killer. Remember that scene? It's one of the PTSD flashbacks. Oh yeah, forty watts. I mean, because a watt is a a unit of energy output over time right yeah and so even if it's a continuous beam it most is gonna do is heat you up like a 40 watt light bulb about it could give well, you a nasty and, burn maybe well it's not and a small plasma plasma is ionized gas mm-hmm. and it's not really a projectile it's sort of a phenomena mm-hmm. that you need it's just it, I, 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 anyway. Well, they could be talking about the, the the plasma that generates the high energy photons or something but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm sure it could do the Kessel Run in less than uh, 30 parsecs or whatever There's the fuck some was. fucking IO9 article <laughs> talking about, well, it's actually uh, justifying that comment. I mean, Star you Wars. could, I, I, came, I came up with an argument that justifies the Kessel Run business. I don't know. Not worth, not worth talking about on this yeah. podcast. All right. So let's uh, get into the review. <laughs> Janet Maslin reviewed this movie uh, for the New York Times back on t- October 26th of 1984. We've heard from Janet again. She and, and uh, what's the other guy's name? Cornby or something? Uh, uh, Canby. Canby. Or the two like New York Times guys we go to sometimes. Strangely enough, Ebert didn't write up a formal review for this, which is, which is a shame, even though he reviewed all the other ones before his death. Um, 
Malhun doesn't have a whole lot to say. It's, it's given she's given a fresh rating in Rotten Tomatoes, and I think that's probably probably a moderate fresh rating. Um, she says a couple of things. Uh, this is a monster movie, and the monster's role fits Mr. Schwarzenegger just fine. I think you're right. Well, he is just he is he says almost nothing in this whole film. We didn't yeah. talk about Schwarzenegger, and when his when his eyebrows get burnt, are his eyebrows always <laughs> missing, or do they get burnt off early? He looks really creepy at certain points where yeah. he doesn't look like the Arnold Schwarzenegger we all know and love. He looks uh, like I, some kind of Barbie doll version of him. You know, it's I creepy. wonder if they they took off his eyebrows and, and gloss up his face a little bit so he wouldn't look so incongruous with that somewhat poorly done uh, animated head mannequin that she used. Uh, they may have. Yeah. That, that, was, that was not the best piece of special effects, the animated head business. But at least it wasn't CGI. That's all I got to say. It was. It was. It was, it was fun and interesting. To watch only because it wasn't CGI. You know. And speaking of that, that she says that this um, uh, is a B movie with flair. And I think I have to write. This is really sort of a B movie. I don't think the the budget must not have been very high for this film. Uh, oh, it's definitely B movie. Which yeah. it's a good. It's the see the eighties was, in my opinion, renowned, especially the early eighties for. It's a caliber B movies, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, like John Carpenter. This film, <laughs> well, you, uh, you know what sort of budgets John Carpenter was dealing with because uh, Moslin says directed by James Cameron, known for Piranha Two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is before he started getting his big budgets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so anyway, and she says that uh, this movie has far too much of obligatory mayhem. So much that it becomes dull. And I think in a sense that maybe some of the action does become a little dull with some of the driving stuff. It becomes a Just little monotonous wait here. Just for Michael Bay, Janet Maslin. <laughs> Just wait for fucking oh, Michael fuck. Bay. That's all I got to ask. She live I, long to I hope she lived long enough to review <laughs> our next week's movie. If Maslin reviewed it, I'm going to read that fucking review. Um, she says uh, that uh, a far better part of the movie were the scenes that follow uh, Sarah Connor. Uh, from her obliviousness of uh, early 20s woman to uh, the grim knowledge of uh, the horribleness of, of the thing that's on her trail and her future life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. She says the denouement is complicated, to say the very least. And I don't know why she would say that. When you talk about the denouement, we're really talking about the scene after. In Mexico. In Mexico? Mexico. Why, why is that complicated? Uh, I don't know why it's complicated. I think that's, but... I think that's a beautiful. I mean, I hate. I like it when action movies take it, it was like three minutes yeah. to sort of wrap things up. I, I think it's a really nicely done. It has a different tone. The color palette totally changes. Has a nice tie-in with uh, the future scene with Reese watching the photo burn. You know that that yeah. whole echo. Oh, yeah. I, I I thought that was just it was quick. It hit a poetic point, and it works well with an action movie where you don't want to, you don't want to really take away too much from the crescendo. You just want sort of this nice little letdown at the end. I, yeah. I thought it was a really effective denouement. So I just like saying denouement as much as denouement. I possibly can. Denouement, like I like saying c'est la vie, c'est la vie, yeah. c'est la vie, oui. et je ne sais quoi, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> uh, and. Um, <laughs> Uh, she says the special effects are good enough. Stan Winston, here, here. Yeah, you know right? the budget hurt a little bit. The, I think the budget hurt. Stan, I just don't think they had enough to really animate that. Uh, do the the stop motion. I mean, I thought some of the um, puppetry of the cyborg, the skeleton of the Terminator, was nice, but I wasn't a big fan of the stop motion. It was pretty herky jerky. I think well, it was just love, a strictly a, love, a money standpoint. I love the future shit, though. I thought that was all amazingly well done. Yeah, it that, that was a, nicer. That was nicer. I, I enjoyed that much more, yeah, the future stuff. I knew a lot of it was projection screens and well, it had to sort be. of set dynamics. But it had like they kind of grained it up a little bit, gave it a sort of a dirty look, probably to, to maybe hide some mm-hmm. of that. And uh, well, How did they really get good. so many miniature skulls? Where do they get all those miniature skulls? Yeah, I was like, why is there so many skulls around? Uh, I mean, LA has a lot of people in it. Not that many. <laughs> God, that must have really stunk for a few years, huh? Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't I just you know, add a little bit of uh, gravitas to the whole thing. Just throwing 
human detritus around willy-nilly. Yeah, the only time I've seen that many skulls was in the Paris catacombs, and there's a shit ton of skulls from however many centuries of human, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, oh, you mean, oh, in Paris? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Down well, that's just catacombs. because they, when they emptied their graveyards, when they outlawed yeah, graves, and then they, just, they got all the skeletons together. And put them somewhere. That's yeah, it's like a, it's like a, a hun- hundreds centuries of human demise all collected in one spot. Yeah, and, well, just uh, wait till some of the big cities in the U.S. do it in a couple centuries. Oh yeah. Um, let's see here. What? Uh, so, well, this isn't that great of a review. We did watch. There's a there's a short five minute uh, segment from an early Siskel and Ebert at the movies. It's hilarious episode where and you know you forget. I mean, especially for our younger listeners. What a fucking awesome dynamic Siskel and Ebert were. They were yeah. just fucking amazing. I loved them as a kid. And they just they just have such a rapport with each other. They're different people. And, you know, and Ebert's sort of a dick. And Siskel's sort of a little bit straight-laced. He's uptight. He's uptight. And it's like an uptight guy and a dick. It's just, they just got these two personalities. Just, they, they go well, they go together so well, even though they're different. And uh, they have a little banter about the Terminator. Uh Siskel starts out saying it's a surprise hit of the summer, and I guess maybe it wasn't expected to make so much money. And I got, I didn't look at the numbers, but I guess it must have must have had a pretty good profit margin. And yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. So a couple of comments Ebert had. He gave it a thumbs up, though Siskel gave it a thumbs down. Uh, he said talking about uh, the Terminator character. He says it's got computers for brains and a stainless steel skeleton, which doesn't leave much room for personality. Yeah, I know. That's a, yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I think I cracked up when I heard that. I cracked up when Siskel was going on. I was like, I don't know. It was from like some other planet or something. <laughs> he, didn't, he just fucking <laughs> totally blew off what the fuck the whole premise was or what was going on. I was like, is it coming from another planet? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, Ebert also said the, the feel of the movie was like Dirty Harry meets the Road Warrior, which I thought was pretty fun. Yeah, that's about it. And they yeah. both they both liked the romance. Yeah, they did. Which I thought, I, you know, I thought was not too bad. You know, I got a little teary-eyed in this movie, but I guess I've been emotional lately. I must be on my period. I, I You know, all I was thinking was after, you know, their, their, uh, their coitus, uh, they got to get going, mm-hmm. and and Reese is still dressed in the bum pants. He could. Oh God! Can you imagine like the dried shit and stuff in those pants? It's like you can't find anything other than a pair than than the bum pants. It's like you know what? Let's pull over to the J.C. Penny. I'm gonna do myself a solid and uh, <laughs> pick up another pair of these uh, pants because they they smell like a combination of fucking Thunderbird and shit and so again. Well, I guess he was a man on the run, but still. Uh, but that's fun just... to see that old uh, interaction of Siskel and Ebert. I recommend people yeah, go check that out, especially if you didn't grow up with it. There's, a, I think there's like SiskelandEbert.com or something where they have like the whole archive of all the shows there. And it's, it's real fun. They don't, they don't, they miss a lot of movies in their review because they only did like three or four movies a week, so they missed a lot. Yeah, and they did them like in five minutes segments. Yeah, they're, they're, but they're fun. It's, love, it's, it's great to see them argue about stuff. Ah, so is there anything I guess we're missing? Um, No, I mean, it's a good action movie. It really is a B movie, and it shows in spots, uh, but I think it sticks to it just being a fun action action movie. You just got to be willing to take the the mid to early 80s tones and not be offended by it, which I think would be tough for like a millennial. They'll they'll watch it and go, Jesus fucking Christ. What a load of yeah. crap. It's like that's watching an old movie that's really drenched in its time. And I think it'd be tough. It's tough to get past but, that for younger people who did, aren't familiar with the 80s. But I, I, you may not be giving them enough credit because it's weird how seminal, seminal, seminal a lot of this, uh, I guess, 80s sci-fi action was. Because it's still echoing. I mean, they're talking about making them like fucking another Terminator movie for whatever good that will do. There was like the Sarah Connor Chronicles not too long ago. Uh, they still hump this shit. I mean, it's I mean, they, they remake it, but they'll want to see the remakes. They don't want to see this original. Uh, I mean, we've had the same they're... problem with old movies where you have you have the feeling like, I don't want to watch the old movie that does this. I'll watch the new movie that does it better. Well, there's a few filmmakers that use kid gloves with the old movies and, and uh, I guess riff on them as opposed to copy them. 
like uh, the new The Thing, 2011's The Thing. Mm. Not a good movie no. uh, by any stretch. But it wasn't remaking the old John Carpenter. It was a prequel and uh, maybe tried to capture a little bit of that original essence, which was fine. I give it at least kudos for that. Uh, you know, the new Terminator stuff, I think it's kind of run its course. But, you know, nobody's talking about remaking the original. So, eh, Total Recall, they remade that. Total shit. Whatever. Yeah, but, but I still think that the younger audience would probably like that remake rather than the older one. Even so though it's such a shittier movie. I, You know, it's tough to throw your mind back into times that you're not familiar with. It's hard to do. I mean, people's sensibilities change and it just becomes incongruous with your own... Your, uh, way you see the world work it, it's tough to do i think you have to sort of unhinge yourself you have to remove yourself a little bit when you go back in time and see older films well like i like sorcerer way more than wages of fear although mm-hmm. i only saw a little bit of wages of fear but i i, I didn't want to invest in it because i knew that the film filmmaking would be a little bit more tedious oh. uh, speaking of sorcerer it just got it just got remastered and it's coming out in oh, blu-ray it did yeah they just oh, did a remaster oh. of it I think it's I think it may be coming out as a criterion or something. Nice. So that might be something we want to pick up. See it at 1080p. I think it'd probably be pretty amazing. Proper uh, widescreen. Yeah, yeah. Boy, that transfer yeah, we had was such shite. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It's just a shame. It's such a good movie. All right. So, so uh, I don't know. We got anything put this one to bed. Okay. Um, next week. Whew, Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, this is my uh, wild card. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Uh. I was hoping, you're not going to do it, but I was hoping that your movie next week would be Snowpiercer, which uh, I believe we've both seen. I saw well, uh, let's just say we may have got our hands on it import, because it hasn't been released yet in the oh. U.S. We flew to Korea, watched <laughs> an original screening of the film Snowpiercer. Uh, and, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I liked it, but I don't know if I liked it, liked it. You know what I mean? I I think I might have I, liked the host better. I, I forget the uh, director's name. Bong something. Yeah, well, yeah. But the Bong. South Koreans do make some good movies, and we we saw what we we watched. Old boy, have we done other any other South Korean stuff? We might need to. I mean, we should do a South Korean athon. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if we should do a South Korean athon. <laughs> uh, I do. Snowpiercer though uh, is uh, was a pretty amazing movie. But we're not you, doing snow. We're not doing that. We're we're doing something. No, I else. don't really feel like I should do. We should do a movie that hasn't even been released in the U.S. yet. It'd be it'd be an interesting action movie to do certainly at some point. Okay, but we're not doing that. We're doing what, Mister Hudson? Oh Jesus! Well, for my wild card, we're going to be doing Bad Boys Two because somehow I got it in my head, and I'm not actually I can't Bad Boys Two where, that it's a seminal piece of trash action movie, Hollywood action movie, and I guess it is. <laughs> Uh, we have not done a Michael Bay film yet, and you could probably think oh. about a half dozen other Michael Bay films that would be more palatable than Bad Boy 2. But we're going to do it anyways. Uh, just to give people an idea of what we're getting into, uh, here's a, here's just a list of some of the blurbs they got from their critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this sequel is as sour and jaded as they come. Uh, <laughs> a nasty, mean-spirited movie. Ooh. Uh, epitomizing yeah. everything that's wrong with modern Hollywood. <laughs> Uh, Hollywood psychopathology writ large. Uh, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith do their lame Abbott and Costello act. Uh, Bombastic director Michael Babe ought to have his artistic license revoked. This this movie is one big raging pile of macho steam blowing. Wow. (laughs) And here's the, I'll top it off with this. I'm going to get straight to the point on this one bad boys 2 sucks <laughs> so i'm guessing i'm just going to go ahead and tell the listeners they don't have to watch bad boys 2 we'll go ahead and do the hard work uh, yeah somehow this has gotten to this bigger idea of action movies and i felt i needed to see it well, we'll maybe see, we'll it's maybe it's prototypical of the current rut. bad action movie that that we seem to have been in for the past 10 yeah, years. I think you're right. I think this may be the prototype for bad action movies. Bad action movies. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm guessing my problem with bad action is partly editing now, but the lack of any suspense is probably a significant uh, component. And 
Michael, after watching the first Transformers movie... Oh, Jesus, what a piece of shit. Michael Bay has sucked the marrow completely out of of how to make action and then kind of shat it out mm-hmm. in sort of a, a scatter of diarrhea. I like to into, think about it. It's like a shattered chicken bone in our throats. Oh, just... Anyway, so it might well, be good. To- you know, with me, I think it's important to look as look closely at you know sort of the bottom to to appreciate the the good. I mean, it adds a nice. Well, anyway, I'm going to try to talk myself out of the hole <laughs> next week, and we'll see if I can do it. All right, smart <laughs> choice. I'll just give you that one. I'm going to be blame free here. Oh, I'm going to be kicking myself like a Thursday night when I have to watch this. God, one. it's not two and a half hours, is it? Please, say uh, it's no, it's not two and a half hours. hours. Okay. It's uh, two hours right. and 25 minutes. <laughs> what? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I don't know exactly how long oh, it is. I don't have it All in front right. of me. So uh, pray for our souls uh, next <laughs> week. We're watching uh, Michael Bay's Bad Boys 2. And uh, until then. In technical terminology, he's a loon. <laughs>